0: Hello, lovely people. It is Renee here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Girl Next Door podcast. I just wanted to start by giving a little shout out to all of the beautiful people that I just met in Victoria, uh, in Bendigo. I have just recently been there to do a couple of different events there and to speak at a church and a women's event. And I had so many, so many beautiful girls that came up, actually, as usual, boys as well, like, oh my gosh, I listen to your podcast. And so can I just say how much I appreciate that? I really appreciate when you guys come up to me and Tell me that it's made a difference in your life because that's why I do it. So thank you, and for those of you also that do want to uh, support Girl Next Door in a practical way, a lot of people over the years have asked me, and I've always hesitated uh, until I found this platform that I really love called Buy Me a Coffee. Um, you can do a one-off uh, support or you can do become a monthly member. It's super cheap, like. Five dollars a month. Some people choose to do more, but honestly, I thank you to the members I do have. I'm aiming to have 50 members a month, I would love that, would be amazing. Um, and that way that would help to support me do uh, a day a week of podcasting. But thank you to Victoria, Chloe, uh, Anonymous, Kylie, Sophie, Louise, Marie, Pam, Christina, Renee, Rochelle, Adriana, Lola, Jasmine, and now Brittany. I appreciate you, ladies, so much you know what? Let's put a challenge out. Who's going to be the first guy? That's all the girls, all the girls putting their money where their mouth is. Love you girls. Anyway, today I want to talk about this whole thing that's going on with people opting out of Mother's Day. Brands all across the world are allowing customers to opt out of receiving email marketing. Now, even though it is Mother's Day here in Australia, and it might not be in other parts of the world. We all tend to celebrate these days in different times of the year, but this is something that's happening, not just in Australia, but across the board. And so I wanted to talk about this today and really unpack it because a growing roster of Australian brands, and of course, like I said, other brands around the world are giving their customers the option to opt out of receiving Mother's Day marketing emails as recognition of the sensitive nature of the occasion for some. Now, at first, when you hear this, it sounds really compassionate. Um, And when I first thought about it, something didn't sit right with me on it. And I was like, why do I kind of feel like this is something that maybe is not as compassionate as what we might think at face value. Now I first saw this because I follow this beautiful lady on Instagram. She's a young mum. She's American. She's a Christian and her name is Lila Rose. I would highly recommend her to you. She's very, very articulate. Her main thing that she talks about is that she is pro-life, but she's the one that put this up about Mother's Day. And so it really did get me thinking. But there are brands like Lovely, LVLY, right through to Canva, Etsy, Levi's, DoorDash, Aesop that are all giving their customers uh, an option to opt out of their marketing for Mother's Day. So DoorDash alone, when I read this article a couple of days ago, have already had more than 80,000 people who have asked not to receive the emails. Now, of course, the reason, and I've been doing my research on this, and um, there were a couple of articles about what the reasons were. So let me read from one article that I read. Uh, The journalist said it could hurt those whose mothers have died, those who are dealing with fertility issues, who have lost children, who have lost sisters, who happen to be parents. You never know how these hallmark holidays are going to impact people and the incessant marketing and emails can feel like an enormous trigger. Now, I do have huge compassion, of course, for anybody who has lost a mother or who desperately wants to be a mother, or maybe has lost children, or even who has a, you know, complicated relationship with their mother. I do feel compassion. It's not like I'm not understanding. And I will uh, explain to you in a moment where, you know, personally, I could understand this not to do with my mum, but it's another situation. So let's unpack four thoughts about this. Now, my first one is this. I'm seeing a pattern of opting out of anything that makes us uncomfortable. And and we have to really stop and think about that, right? That we are seeing this pattern of opting out of anything that makes us uncomfortable. I mean, this is really what uh, one of the reasons is for this whole gender ideology. It's like, well, young people feel uncomfortable going through puberty. And so rather than saying, hey, it is uncomfortable, and we all feel uncomfortable in our own skin when we go through puberty, then they're all of a sudden being offered all of these other options. So we have this aversion to being made to feel uncomfortable. It's like we don't want it to be a part of life anymore. But the thing is, life can be uncomfortable. And if we keep opting out, our resilience muscles are going to grow so weak and I think we're seeing the result of that because never before has there been such an epidemic of mental health. I was talking about this at coffee with someone today, and I was saying to her, this epidemic seems to be targeting young people more so. Now, I'm not saying that older people don't also struggle with mental health, but it seems to be en masse with our young people. And so I think by choosing or by modeling this opting out of something that might make us feel uncomfortable, that what we're doing is actually modeling a very dysfunctional way of living to a younger generation. Now, I want to tell you a story to give you uh, a bit of insight into what I'm trying to say here about how opting out because we're uncomfortable is not the best thing for us. But I've got a dear friend of mine who is a youth pastor. She's she's young herself, but like in her 20s, she's married and she's a phenomenal youth pastor. And she has got these four girls in her youth ministry who are without a mother because really sadly and tragically, their mother passed away a few years ago. Now, these girls are absolutely gorgeous. They are such beautiful girls. And This whole Mother's Day thing is really difficult for them because they're very young and it makes them incredibly sad, of course. Now, at first, they said to my friend, the youth pastor, well, we don't want to come to church on Mother's Day because it's too hard and it's too emotional and we're just going to cry our whole way through it. And so the youth pastor instead said to to them, you know what? I don't want you to not come. I want you to come and I want you to come and sit with me. And yes, the girls did cry their whole way through that first time that they went and sat with my friend. But this is the thing. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. Well, that is what it looks like. That is the scripture being outworked in real life, where my friend is becoming like family for those girls. And that first time they sat with her during that service, one of the girls walked out because she was finding it too hard. And so my friend went out, grabbed her, gave her a big hug, and said to her, I want you to come back in, and held her hand and said, come back in and sit with me. Why did she do that? Well, because she understood that... That the Mother's Day service was not really the issue. That was merely highlighting her grief and sadness at missing her mum and staying away or walking away is really just a temporary fix. And what happened instead is that first year and every year that's followed when they go and sit with my friend in that service, those girls are able to move through their grief a little bit more and a little bit more each time. And now those girls who still sit with my friend, um, and she did say to me, my friend, the youth pastor said, I literally feel like their mum," And I'm like, that's because you pretty much are. You've taken that place of their mum, and. You know, now to see the difference in those girls where they've got someone to process it with. So now, if they're feeling upset or sad, they know who they can go to. They know that they can call my friend. They know that they can, you know, have her come and give them a hug or take them out or pray with them or whatever it is that they need. But what's happened is rather than them running away from their grief, they've confronted it, they've been comforted, and they're moving through it. Is it easy? Of course it is not easy because there are not always quick fixes in life. And sometimes we have to go the long way and the hard way, but that is where we grow. That is where we learn some of life's greatest lessons. That is where the gold is. And I'm afraid of where it might end up if we keep allowing people to opt out of things that they find uncomfortable. You know, maybe, yes, we have lost our mum, and this day makes us feel alone and isolated and sad. Maybe we have a complicated relationship with our mum. Maybe we desperately want to be a mum ourselves, and that hasn't happened for us yet. But opting out of life whenever we feel like it might seem easy in the short run, but it is not the best thing for us in the long run. Embracing our discomfort is the pathway forward to healing. Now, I know I'm spending a little bit extra time on this first point that, you know, the the concern of opting out to make people comfortable. But I just want to share a personal story just so that you know I'm not being, you know, hard. Uh, But I understand grief and I understand complicated because, as you guys know, you know, I grew up um, with just my mom and my sisters, and my father left not only my family, but actually also moved into state when I was five. Now, we're talking the late 70s and early 80s when divorce was not very common. And I don't remember knowing anyone else in my school, in my primary school, who had divorced parents. So I felt very isolated. And I do remember Father's Day because when Father's Day happened in my school, there would always be, and Mother's Day, there would always be a stall and we would bring out 20 cents and we would go shopping in the school hall to buy our dad a gift. And then, you know, we would make cards. And back then they were, I mean, they were even more insensitive. Like back then the teachers didn't kind of really think about it. Like, and in hindsight, my mom should have said, Hey, if you buy your dad something and make him something, we'll send it. But I never once remember actually going to the post office and sending anything. But I do remember how I felt. I do remember. I felt like I stood out. I do remember feeling uncomfortable. Um, And I rarely saw my dad. I don't ever remember, in fact, seeing him on Father's Day because he was interstate. And I remember feeling a bit embarrassed because of my situation. And yes, while the teachers could have extended a little more compassion to me, those difficult parts of my childhood actually have made me who I am today. And often, like I said, it's the difficult things that we face that create resilience and empathy. And in reality, even if I was able to opt out of moments like those that we're now being offered to opt out via email, it really would have done nothing to fix the real issue, which was the rejection that I felt uh, from having no father in my in my household growing up with. The real issue and source of my pain was not actually the Father's Day stool at school. It was the fact that my dad had left us. And no amount of opting out of anything would have helped that. Now, that doesn't mean that that the teachers couldn't have been a little bit more sensitive. But opting out, like I said, that really the stall, the stall was not the issue. And in fact, I want to emphasize again, it's those very moments that I had a chance to confront my reality and all of the pain that that brought and decide what I was going to do with that and who I would let it make me become. And so I feel like there are perhaps some of you listening right now and you understand exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe at first, when I said it's not a great idea to opt out of Mother's Day or Father's Day, maybe you thought, well, hang on a second, you don't understand, you don't know my situation. I do understand. I really do. And I hope that what I've just said has really helped someone that is listening today, because all of those things, that email coming through to your email box is not the cause of your pain. And so we can take those things and we can either um, run away from them or we can confront them head on and allow God to take these situations in our life. And actually turn them around for good. Now, the second thought I have about this is that this approach of opting out of anything that might cause difficult emotions to arise is going to be never ending. And if we take this approach, then what else shall we start to opt out of because it's too difficult? So it's just going to become utterly exhausting trying to cater to every single person's feeling in society we just can't do it. It's actually setting us up for failure to think that we can, you know, make everybody feel okay all the time and never trigger anybody by anything. We need to have a reality check that this fantasy Uh, you know, of of this fantasy that we can keep everyone happy all the time. I mean, if we do this for Mother's Day, where does it end? Are we going to do it for Father's Day and for Christmas? Um, Because those occasions can be equal in their impact on people. Maybe then we have to do it for Easter and Anzac Day. And what about birthdays? And why would we stop at just giving an opt-out for emails, right? Because we know things never stop there. We know that things always have a snowball effect. I mean, what about the junk mail that's dropped into our letterbox? Do we need to start putting signs on our letterbox for what is or isn't acceptable to be dropped in? Can you imagine being the poor person that has to deliver the junk mail? They have to rifle through it all. This one's allowed at this house. That's not acceptable here. You know, I mean, do the shops have to stop advertising for fear that it will trigger someone? Do they have to stop putting all of their ads on their, you know, the you know the windows of shops when you go in there, uh, when you walk through like a Westfield, all of the advertising on the windows? Do they have to stop that also? Because this is this is the problem that brands are going to get themselves in trouble, because if they're jumping on for Mother's Day. And they don't now do it for every other special day that they advertise, then they're going to be caught out on their inconsistencies. Because if their reason is actually care for the customer, like they say it is, then they now have to do it for all of the other days that they advertise for, or they're going to look rather silly and everyone's going to know that they actually were doing it for show. And what I'm going to find very interesting is, of course, at the end of the day, what counts is the dollar. And if they're going to start letting people opt out for everything and therefore, you know, we don't know what sales they've got on or what specials they've got on, they're going to start losing money. I can't imagine them continuing that. So what these companies have done is they have set a precedence and uh, the precedence is that they now are going to have to opt out for every marketing campaign that they do in case it triggers someone. Good luck with that, all of those companies. Thirdly, I've got a really big question mark around why all of a sudden these large companies are all doing this simultaneously. Guys, I smell a rat. (laughs) We have been talking about the scoring system that is forcing companies to message and virtue signal, right? We talked about the AWEI a couple of weeks ago, the Australian Workplace Equity Index, where companies are being scored on how inclusive they are. And then we talked about the ESG, the Environmental, Social and Governance Score, where companies worldwide are being given scores. By the way, I had a couple of people message me after that and go, you would not believe it, Renee. But on the Monday after I listened to that and I got to work, my company got an email um, around all of that ESG scoring. So we know that companies are being forced to virtue signal. So to me, this just sounds like one big virtue signal because why are they all of a sudden all doing it at once around Mother's Day? Um, You know, This is not very organic. It's not like one company just decided to do it to be nice. It's it's not very organic at all. So my question is, who or what is behind this? Um, because these same companies suggesting that Mother's Day can be triggering, by the way, are also the same companies that are splashing Pride Month and same-sex parenting and all of that kind of stuff on their websites. So I'd like to know, Can we opt out of Pride Month Spam too? Starting to get a little bit of that. Apparently it's Pride Week this week. I'm I'm bamboozled. They get a week, they get a month, they get all sorts. Can Can we opt out of that too? Or would that make us bigoted? Okay, anyway, before I get away with myself, my fourth and final thought on this is what about taking the approach and the example of Jesus and Mary, his mother? So you think about it, Mary followed her son up the hill when he was carrying his cross and she watched him die an excruciating death. Do you think she would have liked an opt out option that day? I guarantee you, Mary would not have taken it. And what about Jesus? What did he do in his pain while struggling to breathe his last breath? He called out to John to care for his mother. After his death. So there was a lot of pain happening in that moment between mother and son. And it would have been easier for Jesus to look away and not have to deal with the grief of his mother. But he looked right at her and he addressed the situation. So Jesus is setting us an example in scripture of how he faced discomfort head on. So I just in the last couple of minutes want to, it's a bit of a shorter one today, but I want to play to you the reel that I was talking about from Lila Rose. Um, It's probably about a minute or two long. And then just talk about um, what she said at the end. So just have a listen to this.
1: Mother's Day is coming up and yet a ton of brands are now stumbling over themselves, apologizing for Mother's Day content for saying happy Mother's Day. Levi's just said Mother's Day is around the corner. We know that emotions and memories can be tricky. Opt out of Mother's Day content. Click here. Mac Cosmetics, same thing. It's a difficult time. If you don't want to receive emails, click here. Etsy, same thing. DoorDash, we understand that Mother's Day may be difficult for some. Click here. Why all of this negativity? about the one day a year that we have as a culture to celebrate motherhood. Yes, no mother is perfect. There's some real issues with mother wounds. There's complexities. Where's the opt-out button for pro-LGBTQ ideology content or transgenderism advertising content coming from corporations that's marketing towards young kids? Where is that opt-out button? It doesn't exist. Why are mothers the ones that are being targeted here, but we should be ultimately celebrating motherhood and uplifting it as a good, beautiful, and necessary thing, not diminishing it. This is a mistake. It's a tragedy, and let's respond by very beautifully, positively celebrating mothers. Motherhood is a superpower.
0: And she goes on to say there, because I cut it off. Sorry. That um, motherhood is is a superpower, and look, there's a whole bunch of comments on there, and I and I do understand, you know, some people like there's a comment here. Um, a a guy and his wife really tragically and sadly lost their baby girl uh, at 23 weeks gestation. And she's appreciated some of those emails because the emails are a harsh reminder of the still fresh loss of our baby girl. And then his, uh, his opinion was, I don't think we should react as if these companies are saying due to it being sensitive to some, we're not sending Mother's Day content at all. So he's basically saying, look, as long as people, um, you know, as long as they're not going to cancel Mother's Day or as long as they're not going to not say, uh, you know, we're not going to send any emails, they're giving people the option. And I can understand that perspective. And, I, and I'm and i not saying that we should never, ever, you know, if, if we had the option, I can understand, for example, that couple have just lost a baby and don't want to see those emails in, in that first year. And so I completely understand that. But as a general rule, and that's what I was saying in my first point, that opting out on a continual basis, if we are making a continual habit of opting out, that that is not going to help us. It's not going to fix our grief. However, in a situation where it's fresh and raw, I can understand it. But I know the point that Lila Rose is trying to make She's not saying that it's a bad thing for companies to be sensitive and, you know, it is a good thing for companies to show some sensitivity, but the point she's trying to make is that in society, we are constantly uh, pushing towards trying to uh, not make people have to deal with uncomfortable things. It's like everywhere we turn you know, you safe spaces and trigger warnings and all of those kinds of things. And of course, there are situations when those things are required and necessary, but society is starting to make it the rule rather than the exception, and we're seeing a young generation coming through that do not have the resilience to cope anymore with normal life situations. So that's the point that Lila Rose is trying to make. And of course, the other point that I really like is that We should be celebrating motherhood. And I agree. And again, like I've said before in Genesis, in the beginning, you know, God created male and female. And then he goes on to talk about the roles of mother and father. So it's the way that God has designed us. And we definitely should be celebrating motherhood and celebrating mothers. I am very concerned yet again at how it seems like women and women's roles other thing that is under threat right now it's women that um, it looks like are you know trying to be erased on social media anyway you know what I found really interesting when I went in to Melbourne the other day I noticed it more on my way home um, because I had to spend a little bit of time at the airport but for all of the, Um, virtue signaling that comes out of Melbourne, I was actually really pleased to see that the toilets were still labeled male and female with a female had a dress on the picture and a male had the pants. And I was like, oh, but mind you, it was an older part of the airport. Um, I came in at the newer part and I think where I was leaving from seemed to be the older part. And by the way, it was also filthy. I said to, um, Cameron, when I got home, the airport was gross. It was so filthy. Like it had been neglected. But anyway, I was very happy to see that there was still uh, male and female on the toilets. That's something at least. I think it's very important, too, and interesting to look back at the origins of Mother's Day. Where did it come from? It actually dates back to the ancient Greeks. So in their spring festival, they celebrated the goddess Rhea, who was considered the mother of the gods, and she was also closely associated with another uh, goddess that they used to celebrate. Now, in Christianity, uh, Mother's Day didn't actually used to be about mothers it was known as the Mothering Sunday, where um, during the time of Lent, everyone would return to their mother church. How cool is that? So everyone that was obviously had moved away or were away for whatever reason, on the fourth Sunday during Lent would return to their mother church, their main church for a special service. And so from there, the Tradition of uh, of gifts came from families that were reuniting at this mothering Sunday service. So children would pick flowers on their way to church and they would gift bouquets to their mums. And that's why we still give flowers today for Mother's Day. So there's a few little bits of interesting trivia to do with Mother's Day and Mother's Day celebrations. And I think one final reason why Mother's Day is still important, even if it might be a difficult day for us individually, is that both Mother's Day and Father's Day um, celebrations help to remind us of the contribution of the family towards a better society. And for anyone that's listened to this podcast for any length of time you know, how important the family is. I've talked about that before, um, how much the family needs is needed in society. And when the family breaks down, society starts to break down. And of course, we can track it back to family being a part of um, the blueprint of the way that God has um, created us to be. So I will leave that with you guys. But please know that whatever this day brings for you, that um, my heart is with you. My thoughts are with you. I do understand, like I said, and I pray that for you, if it is difficult, that this will be a time where you can reflect, where you can lean into those feelings i know it can be difficult the thought of leaning into suffering it does take a lot of courage and it's not an easy thing to do but it certainly does continue to make us who we are today and so i pray god's blessing over you for the rest of the week and certainly for this coming sunday I hope you have a great week and I will either see you at Parenthood Friday this week or we will be back together next Wednesday. Until then, have a good one. Bye.